From the Tiffany Micah podcast, and welcome to today's episode Building Belief in You. So, over the Easter period, and you've probably heard a few of the episodes recently about me talking about um, going through burnout and so on, but during that time, and I was going through that recovery period. I really started to delve, delve deep into, into belief and I really have wanted to really understand what is belief because my belief is that the core thing or the core element or the number one ingredient for success or your number one ingredient for you really achieving what it is in your life is belief and it's the belief that it is possible right? It's the belief that it is you that can do that. And it's that belief in you. Because no matter how badly you want something, if you don't believe in you, right? If you don't believe in you, you won't achieve it. I'm going to say that again. If you don't believe in you, you won't achieve it. But if you do believe in you, guess what? You will achieve it. And I'm going to say that again. If you believe in you, you will achieve it. So what I started to do over this this time that I was starting to get into reboot mode and so on, I started to really scan through YouTube and I actually wasn't really looking for belief to be a quite honest, but always deep in the back of my mind, I'm like, I've got to really get into really understanding what is belief. What does it really mean? Because I know what it means for me, but I really want to have a very deep, much deeper level of understanding. What is belief really? So I started to look at some business mastery um YouTube videos, Tony Robbins, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins and I did some work off that and all of that kind of thing. And then I started to really look at the foundation of what I was doing and the book that I've written, the book that's coming out very soon, it's all about, you know, the core thing of of success, what you need to have in order for you to really achieve your goals because you can work as hard as you like, you can do all these things, you can be disciplined work hard, structured, everything. But if you don't believe in you, it's not going to happen. So I was like, I've got to really look at what's going on here. And, you know, just because I've had that, like I said before, deep into my, my head that I've I actually stumbled onto what belief is, like really to our core. Because this was, like I've said, I really wanted to understand what really belief actually meant to the core. And the core is really in our body. It's a makeup of cells, right? It's over 50 trillion cells. It's trillions. And I know that you're probably thinking, okay, Tiff, what has this got to do with belief? What's trillions of cells got to do with belief? 
And I'll tell you this, it has everything to do with it. And I want you to just bear with me just, just while I explain what I mean by this. So our cells on their own are just a cell. But what makes up us to be so powerful is a collaboration of cells. We're all working in unison, right? So we're teamwork. We're working as a functioning machine, right? We're keeping ourselves functioning. The body is a machine. But this is where things change, though, okay? So we understand that the body's a machine and it's functioning and it's doing all these particular things that it needs to do with, you know, with all these 50 trillion cells and so on of, of what needs to be going on. And what we then get exposed to are the changes in the cells. And what that is is that it's that change in the cell is that actual exposure to the environment. And this actually comes through into, into research, okay? So I was actually, I stumbled across Dr. Bruce Lipton and I was actually looking at his biology of belief. I've actually put the book on order. I can't wait to get the book. I want to read it in, in great depth. But if you are looking for a really heavy understanding of, of that belief and the biology of belief and where it actually comes from, get that book, okay? I'm, I'm, I really want to have Bruce on the show too, so I'll be looking forward to um, organizing a, an interview with him in the future. So what actually happens then is if we've got bad cells, guess what? It's caused from a bad environment. And if we've got good cells, it's caused from a good environment. So what it really means to you, it's like, oh, what does this mean? Okay, what this really means to you is this all stems like the forms of our beliefs. So our beliefs actually come from our subconscious mind, which have been instilled in us from the age of, the last trimester of actual us coming out of the womb to about the age of seven. And what actually happens is our minds up to the age of seven actually works in a subconscious state, um, which is like a, a receptive state, and they call it a theta state that's on a, a brainwave level of theta, which means like it's a hypnotic state. So you're more in receptive mode and you're just in that observation mode right you're copying and and what you're um, doing is you're observing and learning from what goes on around you so then what happens is that becomes our our default that becomes our habits our patterns and then what tends to how we tend to function is because we shift into other uh, brainwave states as we get older after the age of seven so we our conscious mind starts to kick in and, and so on so what then happens is that we tend to work on autopilot, right? And I'll give you an example, like this is a really easy example. Like my husband, he has sandwiches for lunch. Now, the type of sandwiches he has for lunch is peanut butter sandwiches, jam sandwiches, and he has the odd Vegemite sandwich for lunch. Now, he's been doing that for ever. He loves to have lunch, he, you know, he loves to check his watch and he's like, okay, 12 o'clock it's lunchtime or 1 o'clock it's lunchtime. Therefore, I have to eat because it's 12 o'clock or it's 1 o'clock, whatever the time is in, in his mind that that's when lunch is. And where he's actually learned these peanut butter sandwiches, jam sandwiches, Vegemite or, you know, 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock, that's that habitual pattern that he's learned. Now, he actually learned that. From when he was a kid, because I was asking him about it, and I said, 
what kind of sandwiches like did your parents have? And he said, oh, peanut butter sandwiches, jam sandwiches, Vegemite sandwiches. Oh, that's interesting. Where do you think he learnt that from, right? Because that's what was, that's what he copied, that's what he observed, that's what he then continues to do. He's been doing that forever. Him and I have been together for nearly 11 years now and, and he's been doing it since we've been together. Interesting. But I also see this with his son as well. He's got a um, an older son, you know, in his 40s and quite interesting when you when you actually look at it Ian's favorite I'll give you an example Ian's favorite colors is red and black Ian's favorite sports teams Waratahs Sydney Swans and so on Ian's favorite favorite pastime does a bit of um you know loves horse racing that kind of thing has a bit of fun with that and has beers at the pub you know he wouldn't like to do that right guys love doing that but when you actually look at his son, his son does exactly the same thing, same colours, red and black, same sports teams, same pastimes, loves a beer at the pub, right? Exactly the same. Where did he learn it from? He saw that, he witnessed that he was, when he was a kid. And I, like, I saw certain patterns that I had as well. I became really aware of them later on. And, but what I, what I noticed was that I had my mum's habits. And I love my mum. My mum is so awesome. She's the most beautiful person in the world, most caring person in the world. We all say that about our mums, but I know my mum is. But when I looked at it, my mum, my mum's quite introverted. She holds back emotion. She doesn't like to express herself. She bottles things up. Now, as a kid, when I was growing up, I was introverted. I held back emotion. I didn't know how to express myself, so I held myself back. I bottled things up. Where did I learn that from? Right, I became more aware of that more so when I was about 35 when I started to really work on, on myself. So... Uh, I don't live that way now because I've worked on developing new habits and so on, but I picked up all of that from, from my parents, right? So my parents picked up certain habits from their parents. So their par- the habits they picked up from their parents, my parents did, and then therefore I did. And I'm very aware of that, so I make sure that how I operate around my nieces, because unfortunately I didn't have the opportunity to have children, but my nieces who are my girls anyway, I make sure that I'm very aware of how I operate because they're being in that receptive mode. Lillian has now just turned seven, so she's coming out of that that receptive mode. She's starting to think for herself and crafty little devil, that one. But our beliefs from what we see and what we hear actually stems from up until the age of seven. So therefore, we work in that automatic state after that 95% of the time. So those habits and those patterns that we've learned along the way, well, that's our blueprint of of our being. Quite interesting, isn't it? I find that incredibly fascinating. Here's another example. This is a great book, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind. And 
That's an incredible book. So if you haven't read that, make sure you read that because it's the same here. So T. Harvecker that wrote the book Secrets of the Millionaire Mind really talked about the habits and our mindset around money, our attitude towards money, what we learnt, our beliefs. And what were the, you know, what were the beliefs that you have had around money? You may still have them. I asked my husband this question. He goes, oh, money is the root of all evil. Well, how, where did he learn that from? Well, that's been said to him from, from such a young age. Or money is hard to come by. Mine was, I have to work so hard to, to earn money. Well, that's been my big one, my big belief. Where did I learn that from? My parents, because my parents worked really hard. My grandparents worked really hard. You have to work really hard to, 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 get, to earn money. That's a belief. I don't believe that now. My belief is money flows to me easily and abundantly every day. But if you have those beliefs of, let's say, for example, money is the root of all evil, how are you going to change that belief? Is it possible? Is it possible to change that belief? And you know what? Of course it is. Anything is possible. But the thing is here, and the point I want to get across to you today is we want to rewire our beliefs. And we... we can't do it at a conscious level yes we have to create the awareness and be aware that uh oh this is actually how I'm operating don't want to do this don't want to operate this way I want to make changes how am I going to do that then how you're going to do that is you have to do that at the subconscious level so it's the same in sport if you have certain beliefs and they're negative beliefs around your sport well you know uh oh I've got to change that how am I going to change that? That's what I've got to work on. So what we're talking about here, so if we're talking about having to change it at a subconscious level, then what we're talking about is that theta state. That's that state. It's called a hypnotic state or theta state. And that's the state we get into just before we're about, um, about to go to sleep. And that's the state that we want to get into and that for us rewiring our beliefs. And how we're going to do that is we're going to be doing that through repetition and we're going to be doing that from, from what we've got to do each day. And the other important element that must be part of this process is that whole brain state. So the, the whole brain state is making sure that the left and the right brain are actually working in harmony together, right? We're not... It, it, it's really to highlight and create a heightened state. And you're like, oh, yeah, great. Oh, this is great information to you, fantastic. All well to know this and be aware of this, but how are we going to do it? You're telling me that, you know, the habits that I've created up until the age of seven, now I'm operating this way, I don't want to operate this way. How do I change these if I'm keep operating this way 95% of my day? What is it that I've got to do? How do I create this whole brain state? What is it that I need to make sure that I'm actually doing here? So if, if we think about it this way, if we attempt to change at a conscious level, then 
it's like I said, it's, it's great to be aware and we need to be aware that's what's going on because we need to make those changes, right? So we don't want to be the zombie, but we have to make sure that we're repeating everything in order for us to really get what we want and it has to be lots of repetition. So the question that I'm going to ask you is if you are struggling with something, right? So if we're looking at, okay, Tiff, this is well and good to know this information. I want you to then ask yourself this question. If you are struggling with something and you're working so hard, but you are not seeing changes, no matter how hard you are working and there's still no changes, then this is what the problem is. It's your habits. It's your beliefs that you have been conditioned to. And I'll give you an example. Like, as you know, I've spoken about this plenty of times when I was was growing up and I wanted to become, you know, this tennis player on tour and be the number one tennis player in the world. And I went to this academy after I finished school. I worked so hard. I worked harder than anyone else worked. I can guarantee you that because I was there six o'clock in the morning training. We never started till nine. I was there training. And the academy training was about six hours a day. I was doing another four plus hours on top of that. So I was doing 10 hours a day of training on top of that. Worked so hard but there was actually no improvement in my tennis performance. No matter how hard I worked, did the training, worked on my skills. I was definitely stronger. I was definitely fitter. And I was actually the fittest out of all the girls in the squad. I was the fittest because I made sure I was. I worked really, really hard. But you know what? My tennis performance went backwards. And what puzzled me and where the massive, it wasn't just a puzzle, it was like huge frustration, many tears. And I couldn't understand why. why. Why am I improving in my fitness and I'm working so hard at that and I'm doing everything that the coaches are telling me to do, yet I'm my tennis is getting worse. And you know what? At the time I didn't know this. And even I didn't even know how to figure it out. And so this is what we're going to do now is that if you're really struggling on something, we're going to be looking at that. And I'll show you and I'll share with you what my struggles were looking back because now understanding that what you've got to do is identify what the struggles is, struggles is, struggles are, then you've got to diagnose what the problem is and then you've got to create the solution on how you're going to make that change, okay? So what were my struggles? Well, my struggles were I didn't believe that I could do it and I didn't believe I could make it as a tennis player, even though that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. But I didn't believe in me. I didn't think I was good enough. I thought everyone was judging me every single time I played. I thought everyone was laughing at me saying I was just no good. I was just so hopeless, not good enough. And I kept saying to myself, I'm never going to make it. How embarrassing is this? And I keep losing to people like this. I'm so much better. 
than these people, but I keep losing. I'm so much better in training, but I just can't. I can go to pieces when I play competition. I was never going to be good enough. Those were my struggles. You may be going through this now. So what did I learn from that? When I actually looked at it, it was like all my programming, my programming growing up, right? My default programs, what I observed, what I heard around me. So when I was having tennis lessons around that age, I remember, I can remember it clearly. I remember one specific thing. I went to play a volley and I was, you know, seven, much younger than everybody else. Everybody else was like four or five years older than me in this class and they'd laugh every time I made a mistake. What did I learn? Oh, if I make a mistake, they laugh at me. Oh, I must look like an idiot. What did I learn from that, right? I didn't learn how to become better. I was frightened of making mistakes. I was frightened of looking embarrassed. These these struggles came up later. They kept coming up, but I wasn't aware of them. So what I want you to do is I want you to look at what you are struggling with and I want you to ask yourself this question. And you can stop this at any time and then write out the answers and then come back if that makes you feel better, okay? But I want you to be thinking about what am I struggling with? And I want you to identify what the struggles are. So let's have a look. Let's, if you're playing a sport, for example, what are your biggest struggles? I want you to look at them. Now, here's some examples. It could be that you struggle to focus. It could be that you get too concerned about what other people think of you. It could be that you get easily distracted by other people. It could be that you work so hard, but you just can't win anything. So let's break that down. Okay, so here's some struggles that have come up. Let's break it down. You're struggling to focus. Let's just look at the first one. Why are you struggling to focus? Well, you get nervous. You might be worried about losing. You don't want to look like an idiot. You're easily distracted. You mentally drift off to another world. You keep talking to yourself in a negative way. You keep putting yourself down. Interesting. That's just one area, right? Struggling to focus and all these things are coming up from that. So what comes up here are programs though. They're habits, they're thoughts, they're way of thinking that you've learnt when you're younger from other people. And I'm not blaming anyone here and we don't want to blame anyone. It's only that the fact that What's happening is it's history repeating itself, isn't it? We're learning from people that have gone before us that we think that we need to learn from them. They're adults. They know better than what we do. They're going to teach us about what to do. But then all of a sudden you've struggled to focus because you're nervous, you're worrying about losing, you don't want to look like an idiot, you're easily distracted, you mentally drift off into another world, you keep talking to yourself and put yourself down. Where did you learn all that from? Like I said, do not blame anyone here. So what we then need to do is then we need to go, okay, I'm aware of this, I'm struggling to focus for these reasons, these things are coming up for me. How am I going to reprogram myself? Because here I've said to you is 
We've got to reprogram in the, at the subconscious level, not at the conscious level, recreate new habits and patterns and so on. How are we going to do that? Well, there's three ways that we can do that. So one is like listen to a recording at night just before you're going to sleep. So I was talking about that, that state, that hypnotic state, that theta state that you actually go into just before you're about to go to sleep. Your conscious mind switches off, your subconscious mind takes over habits, function of the body, everything starts to kick in, right? The running of the machine. So if we've recorded something, we're listening to something before we're going, as we're drifting off to sleep, our subconscious is taking in that information. That's where the reprogramming starts to begin. Number two, repetition, doing it regularly. So what would you do if you made a recording or you're listening to a recording what would you do? You would repeat it, wouldn't you? Right? Repetition. It's like riding a bike, isn't it? How did you learn how to ride a bike? By practicing it over and over again. And the third one's super learning. Now, I can't give you much information on the super learning because I'm yet to investigate this. But the first two, I'm going to explain to you what to do for that. The third one around the super learning, I'm going to get back to you that in um, another episode in the future. So let's think about the recording. What do I mean by that? So if we go to sleep in that theta state, that hypnotic state, that conscious mind goes to sleep, right? That starts to shut down, but the subconscious mind takes over. We want the information to go in when the subconscious is in that theta state. So what should we do? Well, let's look at it. Let's, let's look at that focus, that struggle that we had. Right, So what were those things that we're really struggling with? If we're struggling to focus, we're nervous, worried about losing, don't want to look like an idiot, easily distracted, you mentally drift off to another world, you keep talking to yourself and putting yourself down like in a negative way. If that keeps occurring and you keep repeating that, well, then the changes aren't going to be able to be made, are they? But what if we reworded that? So rather than having all of that language in the way you spoke to yourself, you made a recording because you can do it on your phone and you can put the headphones in your ears and have a listen every night as you go to sleep. What if you said, I love feeling nervous because it means that I'm excited about playing competition because it helps me stay alert and focused. And I love getting feedback so I can work on how to consistently improve my game so that I am, have bulletproof confidence. I am always poised and confident. People all say how confident and easy how I make things look. I'm always focused and stay present in the moment so that I can perform my skills to the best of my ability. I believe in me. I have ultimate confidence in me. I channel whoever the person is that you admire and you want to be like every day. I am that person. What if you recorded something like that and you played that every night when you got into bed ready for sleep? Interesting. I challenge you to do that. You can copy exactly what I've said here. Start rewriting the program. Number two, the repetition. So like I've said, create a program that you can start listening to better in your voice than someone else's. 
better to be coming from you, isn't it? But you want to make sure that you're repeating that, right, the repetition. So we've got to be repeating it. Tony Robbins talks about the repetition is the mother of all skill. How do we learn to ride a bike? Repetition. We kept practicing. How do we learn to swim? Got out there and learned how to swim so we could swim on the water, swim underwater, practice. Playing a sport. How do we learn to play a sport? Practice. Developing skills. Doing it over and over again. What are even the times tables? How do we learn the times tables? I'm sure if I said four times ten is, you'd know the answer exactly because you had repeated it so often. That's the repetition. So it's that doing it over and over again. So one, we have to have to connect with our subconscious mind, best time, when we're going into a hypnotic state, which is when we're about to fall asleep, subconscious takes over. Number two, the repetition of doing it over and over again. Number three, super learning. I'll get back to you on that one. So that's all about re, it's designed to reprogram your subconscious in a much shorter space of time. Again, I have to report back to you on that one once I've learned how, um, some methods on super learning and then I'm going to test them out and I'll get back to you in the future on that one. Now, this is quite a bit of information to get to digest here. So what I want you to do, go back and listen to this a few times. If you're at the gym, listen to the episode a number of times so you're really getting a better and deeper understanding of what I'm talking about. And then what I want you to do is when you get home, start writing out affirmations, as many as you like, and put them in place. Because I'll tell you what I've actually done, I've created just to share with you what I've done on a much deeper level is that I have my method of operation, my standards, my values, my perfect life, my perfect day, everything that I want to achieve, I have written it out in detail, I have recorded it, read it out, and I listen to it every night because I want to reprogram my subconscious into achieving what I want and I want you to do the same. Got to start putting these pieces in place. So, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Love it if you could share with me what you like best about what you heard today. If you've got just 30 seconds to spare, I'd really appreciate a five star review wherever you hear these episodes. And I want you to also share this episode and any other episode that really stands out for you. Share it with your friends because we want to build the reach of potential with TIFF communities because we possibly can. And I want you to dream big, believe in you and go after your dreams. Have an awesome day. Take care. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Yeah.